0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Ucchino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Joyous Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate. If you celebrate nothing, thanks for joining us here on a on a Tuesday afternoon. Our regular start time, finally, finally, our regular start time. Everything is going great this week. Appreciate you all making us a part of your day in what is going to be our final live stream of the year. Live stream. All right, we'll have one more end of the year show before uh, things are all said and done in 2022 but uh, today is the last chance for you guys to interact with us directly so make sure to get your comments in make sure to get your questions in whatever you want to talk about today it's on the table we got a full list of topics we got to get to the theme of the day sp3 the theme of the day getting your hands on the bag and securing it by any means necessary bronson reed exemplifies that as does Mandy Rose we'll get to that but Bronson Reed back in WWE he grabbed the bag he's holding on to it tight he helped the Miz grab onto his double bags last night in a match that uh went over a little bit mild with the live crowd we'll dive into that as well but a lot to get into today SB3 how are you doing this fine Tuesday I am doing okay.
0: I'm okay. It's Tuesday. We're a couple of days away from Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas to everyone. As you see, Rick is in the spirit. He's got his Bengals Santa hat on. He's into the groove. So we're 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 halfway
1: there. I was happy I got home in enough time from work today to actually dig this out of my closet. It like hit me at the last second like, oh, it's Christmas. it's our last show before Christmas. I, I want to get in the mood. I could have worn a regular Santa hat, but when a team is on fire, like the Cincinnati Bengals, you take any chance you can to celebrate uh, how things are going. They got uh, we got Chris- I mean, Christmas is gonna be awesome this weekend. We got NFL action on Christmas. The Christmas Day games themselves kind of suck, but regardless, Christmas Eve football as well, that includes the Bengals taking on the Patriots. Hey, if you want to bet on that game, Bengals are obviously favorites on that. Patriots are home dogs. Usually they say home dogs. Howl didn't work for Tampa Bay this last weekend. If you want to bet on the Lakers without uh, Anthony Davis, which uh, SP3, you're already getting uh, condolences uh, for, for his injuries. He's going to be out for a month regardless. All right. There's lines. There's props. Everything you want up at bet online. We would not be here without them, so we're going to give them a quick shout-out. They remain your number one source for all your betting needs this season. You'll get the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends. It's all there and is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, giveaways all year long. They got NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, professional wrestling. It's all there. Head to BetOnline.ag to join up. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Merry Christmas, 50% on us. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get those rewards. That is B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. We thank everybody for joining us here today. Make sure to hammer that thumbs up button. Really helps drive up our audience. Also, make sure to uh, hit the subscribe button if you need to do the show and you like what you hear. Uh, SB3, we're going to start with our, our lead story. Another surprise, uh, Sean Ross from FIFA.com. On the on the ball again last night, tweeting, looks like the WWE returns are not slowing down anytime soon. And then we get big Bronson Reed showing back up, uh, helping the Miz defeat Dexter Loomis last night in the winner take all double or nothing ladder match. So the Miz gets his money back. Uh he he doesn't lose twice as much. Dexter Loomis comes out on the losing end of this feud, but the the headliner here is Bronson Reed is back, and he may or may not be with the Miz. Um, seems like they love to do this. They love to throw former NXT and returning superstars in, in line or cahoots or against the Miz in some way, shape or form uh, your thoughts on Bronson Reed coming back and, and how they decided to use him.
0: Um, I am very happy for Bronson Reed. I think he's very talented. I think that uh, he's a guy that, could be, you know, one of the great monsters of this generation. He's very agile. Uh, he's got a good look to him. And he can actually talk as well, which was something that I kind of realized when he left WWE. He had a pretty good couple of month run with Impact Wrestling, good feud with Josh Alexander, as well as PCO. He goes to New Japan Pro Wrestling, becomes one of like the highlights of this year's G1 Climax 32 tournament, with his- Fantastic match with Kazuko Okada when he defeated him in the main event, and he went from that to being the lapdog for the Miz upon his return from the WWE to absolute silence. Hey, as long as you're getting paid, man, I'm all I'm here for you for your family and you getting paid as always. (laughs) Secure the bag
1: that's what uh that's what Bronson tweeted this morning was always secure the bag, and I saw a lot of people. Uh, tweeting similar thoughts uh, to USB 3 last night, going from, I saw a lot of, this man pinned Okada. Yes. And now he's helping The Miz win matches. And, and I-
0: now this awful storyline that I, for some reason, WWE keeps dedicating Monday Night Raw, 20 minutes of Monday Night Raw to this, when it is kind of unanimous, this is the worst part about Raw right now, of the Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, the Miz Feud for all the people that were raving about it just a couple of weeks back when the investigation was going on.
1: Yeah,
0: it's yeah. now past the point of return. This it's is spoiled this milk. is a this is a month oil spoiled milk that's been out in the sun, and then you try to put it in a refrigerator and act like you can eat it, act like it's an option. It's not, it's just yeah. it was time to be done. And Bronson Reed being injected here at this point was just like. So now we have to deal with tag team matches now. No, 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 no. And if anyone is saying, "Oh no," you know the solution here is have uh Bronson Reed go on his own. That is not a solution because guess what? He is just gonna be a part of the group of people that Triple H feels is underwhelmed or underperformed. I hate to say it, despite despite all the things that I said that is great about him, I don't see him standing out in this wwe
1: it it, it or all the, monday night
0: raw especially
1: look it depends on what they do with him first off he needs to be on smackdown if nothing more than the fact that we just get to hear wade barrett scream tsunami again when he jumps off the top rope that's the only reason why that man should be on smackdown um but yeah i, I look the, the general consensus from a lot of people is like what steven say not digging reed with the miz i'll say this much I do like Bronson Reed. I think he's a good dude as well as a good performer. I root for the hell. I'm I'm happy for him that he did uh, secure that bag. I can understand that there are people who are disappointed that he was not continuing with, with new Japan Pro Wrestling. Who knows? Maybe they could sh- get a deal done to where he could still work for both companies. That seems to be at least an option that's on the table now. And a report from Sean Rossap uh says that they might, you know, try to work something out there. The thing that gave me the, uh, the the amount of hope here with uh, Ross app's report today is that he said this was a priority hire for Triple H. So, obviously, he sees big things in Bronson Reed. So, hopefully, that means he has big plans for Bronson Reed. My only hope is they, they don't involve the Miz. Because, and I think he would be better. You say he doesn't stand a chance to stand out on his own. I think he has a much better chance of, stand, uh, uh, of succeeding being on his own, as opposed to being compared with the Miz, whether that is as an opponent, whether that is as a, as a partner, they have tried this. Now he would be the fourth former NXT superstar that they have tried to get over using the Miz and they are 0 for three so far. And I'm, I'm not saying this to, to disrespect the Miz or take anything away from him. He is a guaranteed hall of famer. He is a two-time grand slam champion. He's obviously very good at what he does, But SP three, there's no denying the fact that the live audiences right now, in particular, seem to have Miz fatigue. I don't know how you fix that, but they they need they need whether they got to take the Miz off of TV, whether they got to figure out something else to do with him, maybe a character shift because he's basically been the same dude for 10 years now. Like, if you can find a way to to reinvent him, repackage him. Until the audience is is reacting in a way with the Miz that is more than just please get this guy off my off my screen or uh, off out of my wrestling ring like he's just an annoyance it seems like to most of the fans at this point not the the kind of heat that you would get we've had that argument before go away heat, real heat as long as they're booing it seems more and more the audiences are just disinterested in him. Than anything, and that is not a place that you want to be, and that's not a place that you want to put any of these dudes. Whether it's Tommaso Ciampa, whether it's Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis or now Bronson Reed, it's not anywhere that you want these guys. I I don't know what you can do to fix the Miz, but I do believe that it's it's the Miz that's the issue right now because the fans are not receptive to him or what they're having him do right now.
0: I just don't think it's interesting. It lost interest. After they tried to prolong the whole mystery too long, like, oh, we should have just known why Dexter was attacking Miz, and then the, the explanation didn't make sense. Like, this whole thing was a car that was put together, and then you pushed it down the hill, and the car fell apart. Like, that's all this has been. They pushed it down the hill for a couple of weeks, and it was going well, but once that hill came, the whole car fell apart. And it's, I don't, I can't just put it on The Miz, they haven't done a good job of establishing who Dexter Loomis is as a character. They have made Johnny Gargano into insert random funny, funny baby face small baby face that's all he is that's all his stick is it's the same stick that Seamus used when he was a baby face it's the same stick that John Cena created for the last 15 years it's the same stick that had Roman Reigns saying chucky chucky ducky quack quack whatever the hell he said back in the day like this is that's what Gargano is playing so they just literally put a person who had a very three-dimensional character into a role on the main roster they have a character that is very interesting if they explain it just a little bit, but they have not done any of that with Dexter Loomis. You have Champa, and Ciampa was just a sidekick for the Miz for a long time until Triple H decided to give him his three-week push before he got injured. Like, I, I can't I can't put all of that on the Miz. This is once again me screaming in the chamber. This is Triple H's fault. Don't blame everyone else. I don't think it's fatigue and stuff. Triple H we gotta we gotta put the blame where the blame deserves in prior this is like when tony khan said oh no i got this idea from a guy who had 30 years experience no tony it's your fault (laughs) it's not it's not the 30-year experience guy wink wink we know you were referring to chris jericho because he just celebrated his 30-year anniversary (laughs) week wink so we knew i i me my boy my boy jimmy on our channel and me i agreed with him you gotta put the blame on tony khan it doesn't go on the performer for it regardless of how the fans are reacting to the re- performer you as the booker have to make the adjustments to make things work if you if you see that there is an issue with the performer and putting new people with them is not working to get them over then why is this same storyline going into month six
1: yeah i'm hopeful that this is done right we we don't have an episode of monday night raw next week it, it's basically a, a best of and then we're starting over again they're setting up a big Monday Night Raw on, on January the 2nd. Uh, we're getting our women's championship match between uh, Bianca and Alexa. I believe that's also the same night we're getting the United States championship match between Theory and Seth Rollins. So they're setting that up as a big one. They, got, they basically got two weeks now to just kind of let this fade off into the ether because I do think you can have this be kind of an end point. You can have this just be, they, they did film that extra, you know, behind the scenes exclusive uh, with the Miz hugging his, his bags of cash. And then Bronson Reed showing up and basically saying, now give me my money. Okay, cool. That's it. That's the end of the storyline. The Miz brought him in and paid him off to help him win the match. That's it. You don't need to continue this anymore. You can do something else with the Miz because whether it's him, whether it's the storylines, whatever it is, it's stale. All of this is stale with everybody involved right now. You can move them on. Dexter and Johnny can go off and do whatever the hell they're gonna do next. Miz can go his separate way, and you can do something completely different with Bronson Reed. I don't if this was a one-off, I don't mind this being a way to bring Bronson Reed back into the company, but it, it just sucks that it, it was brought in at this angle, which is so flat right now that he he basically got zero reaction because there were a little bit of pops in that ladder match, but at the end nobody I, really cared.
0: I don't even if this is a one off I don't think this is the right way to bring back Bronson Reed. Uh the difference between this and the last person that got quoted as a priority hire for Triple H, carrying cross came back and attacked Drew McIntyre in a segment with Roman Reigns. Bronson Reed just attacked Dexter Lumis in a segment with The Miz. There's a difference in there the two. Difference. Like carrying cross, we can all agree Karrion cross hasn't had the best return since coming back to wwe but we can all agree that his date he got his return right and he i don't think i don't think he got bronson reed's return right well and i think that this is that literally this whole ladder match and whole segment and bronson reed's return getting no reaction is the only dud on what was a really good episode
1: it was It was a really starting from the get go when we had uh, all of the the chaos that was the Bloodline. Roman Reigns sending out uh, the warning to, to all of the Raw superstars. I mean, how would you like to be Andre Chase? Hey, son, you're gonna make your Raw debut, and you're gonna get your ass whooped in a back, <laughs> in a backstage segment. Uh, but you know, look, I loved everything they did with the Bloodline last night, and this all stems from what we saw on SmackDown this past Friday, where we were speculating the return of john cena they had already announced he was going to be at that december 30th episode of smackdown we were speculating what that might mean for his entering future as in ahead possibly going toward the royal rumble now they set it up on friday where his in future is december 30th they have now set up this massive tag team match really trying to make this final SmackDown of 2022 must see John Cena is going to team with Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. This was all booked as Reigns as 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 Sami Zayn's big night. Roman Reigns says it was going to be a good night for you, but we got to take care of Kevin Owens first. And now we're getting this tag team match. We were We were wondering whether or not Sammy was going to get made or if he was going to get peshied. It looked like he was going to get made, but now all of a sudden, with Kevin Owens and John Cena in the mix here, SP3, this looks like what it's going to lead to, Sammy Zane getting peshied once and for all.
0: Yeah, I I could see that they're going to wait a little bit longer, which I think is the right uh, hook. For the you know to watch SmackDown week after week because the bloodline is the best thing going on. I think this is a good placement for John Cena. It does take a little bit of intrigue away from t- John Cena's uh, appearance on the December thirtieth SmackDown because you had a lot of people thinking he might set something up, a new feud, or you know say that he's gonna be in the Royal Rumble. Now we know what he's coming back. but I think it's going to be a great position for him to be in because we know out of this tag team matchup, we're probably going to get the setup for Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. We're going to see the latest development in Sami Zayn and the bloodline. So there's a lot of interesting things that can come out of this. And I think that WWE did an excellent job of building or pushing this big matchup on this SmackDown last night on Raw.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, the fans still care. The fans still love them some John Cena. Since Friday, 4,000 additional tickets moved for that uh, for that Friday Night SmackDown on December 30th since uh, it was announced that not only was Cena going to be there, but he's going to wrestle. Um, And you know what? It keeps his streak alive, SP3. He had been, what, was it 20 years straight running? He had at least a match in WWE. They are getting this in just under the wire. And I like how Cena they they kind of made that part of the storyline with Kevin Owens going, hey, you want to help me out? You know, you want to keep your streak alive. Um, so this is going to be interesting to see how they do this, because you're maybe we saw the first cracks uh, in the bloodline on Monday uh, with Kevin Owens being the one to uh, defeat the Usos in the main event. Uh, I did see some people had some issues with the Usos taking an L, which was like, I believe Sean Ross said, it was their 11th tag team loss this year. And I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, when it really matters, they they step up and win. So I mean it's kind of a kind of give and take situation. But when you're talking about putting the cracks in the bloodline, who if they're if the if you're gonna have the bloodline lose, doesn't it kind of make the most sense for it to be the Usos to lose a match? Not in a tag team match, if it's
0: not in a a tag team match, if they're supposed to be the most dominant tag team, if they're supposed to be the ones, if they're having this longest reign of all time, if they're the, the number one tag team, and you're literally every single week seem to be killing and burying the division to prop them up, then yeah, they should not be losing 11 non-title matches that's not how you make an effective champion we will look back on it and say yeah he held the title they held the title very long but will we look back on it and say that it was an effective title reign i don't know because i look back on the seth rollins wwe title reign in 2015 of yeah he held the title for a long time But that man lost more on TV than he ever won. Like he lost repeatedly. They beat him like a drum. Kevin Owens as universal champion. That's great. It was his first world title in the company. Him and Chris Jericho had some great segments. But the reason why a lot of people don't talk about the in-ring stuff with Kevin Owens universal title reign is because that man got beat like a damn drum. And if you do that to the Usos, we will look back on this reign and say, "Yeah, they held the titles for a long time, but damn, did they lose a lot of title, lose a lot of matches on TV."
1: My my issue with it is, it, it it's it's more about who beat them with the fact that it, that it was Kevin Owens because if you are setting this up down the line for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to beat the Usos. Kevin Owens should not have been should not have already beaten the Usos with a conked out Seth Rollins last night. He beat the Usos by himself like he overcame. This is this is Bianca to me. This is Bianca beating all three members of damage control by herself all over again. This no, is Kevin. No. This is Kevin Owens.
0: I wouldn't go that far because it's Jay, similar. Jimmy, Jay Uso was already out of it. He only beat Jimmy. Like that, 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 that's, that's going, that's a little, that's a little hyperbole in my opinion.
1: All right. Fair enough. All right. Sometimes, sometimes I go over the edge, but you know, if you want to build any kind of doubt as to whether or not Sammy and KO should could beat them at WrestleMania for the tag team titles, KO should not have been beating them with another tag team partner uh, last night. So maybe you have them beat Sammy and solo, as opposed to the Usos, But you already had Sammy beat, you know, AJ Styles early night, which I which I didn't mind, by the way. And by the way, Sammy Zane won a match with the Blue Thunderbomb. It is so infrequent that it actually happens. I was I genuinely popped off my couch. I was like, holy shit. He actually won a match with the Blue Thunderbomb.
0: I had rather them do it as like, you know, have Theory and, and Seth put their beef aside and fight the usos and then have solo come out and jump them and then have kevin owens come out then you do a six man and i don't mind the bloodline losing that six man i know solo can't lose that one can't take the pin but jimmy and jay they can lose in a six man i much rather them losing a six man i think if you to really put over the fact of the dominance of the bloodline the usos can't lose non-title tag team matches just as much as roman reigns can't lose singles matches and just as much as they want to protect Solo Sokoa, and he hasn't taken a loss yet.
1: Yeah, uh, noob saying that uh, Sami Zayn's gonna get kicked out of the Bloodline because John Cena is going to bury not only Sami Zayn but the entire Bloodline, just like they did with Nexus in 2010. Wouldn't that uh, be awesome? <laughs> I definitely think Sami Zayn is losing that tag team match. Like, I, I genuinely, I think John Cena is going to pin Sami Zayn to to win that match. Um, And that might be the catalyst that puts, you know, Sami Zayn on, on the outs with them. I'm not saying he's going to get kicked out because he lost that match, but Roman Reigns is not going to be happy that Sami Zayn lost that match. And that's definitely going to put him on a, on a downward slope. And eventually I don't think if they weren't going to do it last week, I don't think Sami Zayn is going to be booted from the bloodline until the Royal rumble. Like that seems like a moment that you save for a major pay-per-view and we're quickly coming up on it. We're only five weeks out. Uh, from the Royal Rumble. SP3, I said that the, uh, I said the theme of this show was securing the bag, right? If anybody had any doubts as to whether or not Mandy Rose was going to be okay after her abrupt release uh, uh, almost a week ago, she good. She good. Her agent telling TMZ today she has made half a million dollars since her release. On her fan site. She has made half a million dollars. And by the way, this like time has passed since the statement was made. So she probably made way freaking more than half a million dollars in six days. My goodness. There are a lot of horny nerd boys out there. My goodness. Good. Good for you, though. I seriously, I'm get the bag any way you can. Seriously, I have no issue with this. She is going to be just fine. I am extremely happy for her uh, that she has been able to secure that. What did I say on Friday, sp 3 I said, if anything, this is just a giant marketing billboard for her fan site, and it has paid off big time. She upped her rates. She brought in a ton of new subscribers, and she is rolling in it, maybe even literally as we speak. And she's going to to crack a Millie
0: before the end of the year. The end of the year is like in a week, ladies and gentlemen. This woman, I'm happy for her. I think she made the right decision for her career and her financial stability. If WWE ain't going to give her the cheddar that this fan site is going to do, then more power to you, sister. I'm happy for Mandy Rose.
1: Uh, i saw somewhere and i don't know how accurate this is but the, that was like three times the amount of her nxt like oh like an nxt type deal uh so and that's in five days so yeah even if wwe came to her and said hey look we want you to stop doing this this is why she said no and this is why You had reports last week of another talent saying that they had earned more money from their fan site than they did in their WWE contract that has since been revealed to be CJ Perry, AKA Lana. All right. These sites are out there. They ain't going away as long as there are going to be able-bodied young and probably older men as well, who are shelling out their hard earned dollars and just sending them on to Mary Rose and CJ Perry and anybody else who has any of these sites, Ty Conti, or excuse me, Ty Mello, whomever it is. All the ladies getting the money. They just you're, get. You're like, money. you're like Ty Mello or Conti, either okay. one. They can Whichever get a site one. too. Whichever one she can have two sites. Whichever one. Uh, Steven saying, "Screw Mandy going to AEW." No, that's the thing. She could get both. She could get both. AEW doesn't care. They don't care. If they cared, they never would have hired Paige VanZant in the first place. I know she's only wrestled one match, but I mean that content is has been out there for quite some time. Tony Khan don't care, so Mandy Rose could get two bags, two bags. She could have her sight, she could have AEW, she could have her cake and she could eat it too. It's Mandy Rose's world. We're all just living in it right now. We're all just going to get.
0: They're going to give her Jeff Jarrett's song. It's going to be my world, my world.
1: Oh, man. Good gravy. All right, let's dive into this now, SP3, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Appreciate everybody who's sticking around with us here. Um, make sure to give us a thumbs up. Get your comments in uh, if you can. If you're new to the show, you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. That really helps us out. And, you know, we'll have a year end show, guys, but I do want to say thank you guys so much for all the support for this brand new channel. Hitting over 500 subscribers uh, seemed like a pipe dream in year one for me, and we actually did it. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Really appreciate it. We're going to have a lot more cool shit coming up in the new year, Uh, brand new interviews. I've already booked my trips uh, to the Royal Rumble and to WrestleMania, so I'm going to be there live getting all sorts of good content. Maybe not Mandy Rose-type content, but I'm going to be getting some good content uh, for you guys. Trust me, you don't want to see Mandy Rose-type content from me. All right. I said last week, if there was anything anybody wanted to see on this, I'd already have a brand new revenue stream because half a million in five days, that is ragosh darn ridiculous. But still, we appreciate the support. SP3, the five count here, the five biggest questions that we're going to have on the show today. Um, what are we making out of the Uncle Howdy reveal uh, on Friday, I saw a lot of mixed reactions to this segment. Uh, I did think maybe the end of the segment went on a little too long because there's only so many, you know, there's only so much Uncle Howdy laughing that I can handle. Maybe they should have cut twenty seconds or so off of that. Um, I thought this was a really great segment for for la night. and then the reveal that at least in this instance, Uncle Howdy is not Bray Wyatt. Could be a red herring, could be something that is set up differently. What are you making out of this Uncle Howdy reveal?
0: They literally gave me what I said they were should have done at Crown Jewel six weeks later. I was very (laughs) mad over this. I'm sorry. I said this when I predicted when they booked the segment for Bray Wyatt at Crown Jewel, I was like, they should do this, you know, establish that uncle Howdy is a different person from Bray Wyatt, but I had been enjoying, you know, the whole LA night part. So that was the cool part was LA night's kind of reaction to it. That was the only thing that was added from what I predicted from that should have happened six weeks ago. I think, it's probably Bo Dalits is my gut feeling. Uh, but as far as the reveal on SmackDown, it was very meh. Nah. I felt like like I said, I felt like this should have happened a month ago, at least.
1: Yeah, and at least now, and that's where I've been. I have been. I have enjoyed what Bray Wyatt is doing. I know there are people out there who who still don't and never will, and that's fine. It's subjective entertainment. All right. You're gonna enjoy what you enjoy and you're gonna hate what you hate. It's okay. There are there is a large portion of the WWE audience who loves Bray Wyatt, loves what he's doing right now. He has obviously been the most successful return of all of the Triple H returns so far. Granted, a lot of them have fallen a little bit flat or stuck in the middle somewhere. We talked about that already. So that's not really a high bar. The
0: vast majority is a better, is a better,
1: (laughs) is a better description. It's not a high bar right now, but Bray Wyatt is succeeding. Far and away he is succeeding. It has been a, a triumphant return for Bray. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, I have felt myself going, okay, this is good, but let's speed this shit up. Like it, it's like, okay, let's let's actually do something. Let's get to something. Enough with the Alexa teases. We'll get there in a minute. Enough with the all right. Like kind of like what L.A. was saying where he's sitting there saying enough of the promos where you'd never get to the point. We never find out what the hell it is exactly you're talking about. It's been cliffhanger after cliff, after cliff, after cliffhanger. They gave us a cliffhanger on Friday because they didn't reveal who Uncle Howdy really is. And everybody in the chat here sitting here saying, Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas. That seems to be the obvious answer. It's something that everybody should have said should have been done a long time ago is putting Bo Dallas with Bray Wyatt and having those guys be together. All of that makes sense. I'm just happy that it finally seems like we're picking things up a little bit, which I think maybe I was the most excited about. It's like, okay, finally, we're starting to get to our destination. I've enjoyed everything that Bray and, and LA Knight have done, and I think it's done wonders for LA Knight in particular. I'm just happy we're finally ramping things up here. Let's 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 get to the action. Let's get to the point. Let's get Bray in a match. I meant to look up how many matches Bray Wyatt has had in the last three years. I can't imagine it's been more than 10. Like, I know he's a special attraction, but my goodness, I'm ready to see this man work some more. I'm ready to see him back in the ring, and I want to see what that match is going to be like, whether it's the the lights out match or the the purple light, the dark light, whatever match that they're talking about. Pitch Pitch black. Thank you. I couldn't find the words. The pitch black stuff. I'm ready to go. A shock says Vincent from Ring of Honor. There's been a lot of names that have been tossed out there. Uh, I think Grayson Waller was was one of them. I don't think it's going to be Grayson Waller since he's got a a world title match with Braun Breaker coming up here soon, so he's going to stay down there for a while. Joe Gacy was another name that was uh, tossed out there, so there's a a lot of people out there who are speculating, but Bo Dallas seems to be uh, the big one. Frantic World saying is Bo Dallas really a big deal? I think I don't know, man, he's kind of a, he's a guy who had a lot of talent and a lot of potential. And then he kind of just got stuck in that, that comedy gimmick jobber spot where they would constantly lose and, and people lost interest and lost investment. And ultimately he, he was released. I think if he's going to succeed, putting him with Bray makes the most sense. And I wouldn't be mad at it. Um, If it's not. Sp three. If it's not Bo Dallas, I'm not sure where exactly they they go with this, and I'm not sure how long until the reveal is. But I'm happy we're ramping things up here.
0: It's it's kind of like the whole uh, Lana and Rusev thing in WWE. Yeah, it was great to see Rusev, but was he still you know that guy? If he didn't have Lana next to him, and was Lana as effective with you know other people, you know on a singles and on Bobby Lashley without rusev it's like the sums of the parts make it better if i if it was just bro dallas coming back on his own no it wouldn't be a big deal but it is a big deal if bo dallas is revealed to be uncle howdy and working some type of program alliance or rivalry with bray wyatt his brother yeah i think it is a big deal
1: yeah people love brother stories man it's worked in the past it could work again and this is something that you know, at least on the Internet. I know the internet's not real, but this is something that people on the Internet have been asking for. So um, it looks like maybe possibly we could be getting that. Uh, I'm interested to see what goes down uh, this Friday on SmackDown, which is already pre-taped. I've seen some results, but I haven't seen what Bray has done necessarily for uh, this Friday SmackDown. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to tune in uh, to see what happens. Uh, and by the way, like I said, things are ramping up. We got a little bit of, uh, finally, some action on the Alexa Bliss front, SP3. They've been doing those teases, those Wyatt Six teases behind Alexa Bliss. Anytime she's been in front of a TV screen, there's been that little blip, that little blip of the Wyatt uh, Six logo. And in recent weeks, it, it, it's done something to her. It's been kind of like, like the trigger, like Pavlov's dog. When he rings the bell, he knows it's time to eat, right? Like That's what it's been for Alexa. When that little Wyatt Six sign shows up, it's, oh, it's time to do evil shit. She was able to snap out of it until last night on Monday Night Raw. And I really, I, I, I know there are people out there, probably including SB3, because I know you've said this before, don't want to see Alexa Bliss go back to the Bray Wyatt stuff. But if they're going to do it, I'm happy they started to ramp this up. And I'm, we we got a little bit of action last night. And I know people said it was a heel turn. But Alexa was fine. She was fine until that logo popped up. And then she smashes the vase over Alexa Bliss's or excuse me, over Bianca Belair's head. It does make sense to have Alexa be the heel in this case. But do we think this was a full turn or do we think that the looming essence of Bray Wyatt kind of makes this a bit of a gray area for Alexa?
0: I think it's a heel turn if she's gonna continue on raw, because that's the right move right now. I think that she would be more effective on the heels on the heel side on Monday Night Raw. And that's the only way I would want to see Alexa and Bianca moving forward is that Alexa is acknowledging this whole this whole change. This was yesterday last night's segment was the first time she really acknowledged everything. And then she took the time to retcon her past two years of storylines. That was great is perfect. I, I went to therapy and I became the shell of a person that you see to me today, but she still has PTSD from being kidnapped by Bray Wyatt and what he did to her. So that looming that looming flicker from the screen is like, man, WWE, why don't you just book her to not have any segments around screens? Maybe uh <laughs> put her in a basement or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like like I, I, I dig this honestly when they announced that the matchup was in two weeks. That literally there's no there's gonna be no more buildup of this when I would when I enjoyed last week's you know post-match with the flicker and the hug into the sister Abigail. I enjoyed this segment where I thought Alexa Bliss did a good job of retconning the past two years and making sense of her whole character. And I love Bianca Belair's response and I love the little flicker into her smashing the vase over her head. I was like, I want more of this. Why is the match next uh, you know, the next episode? Basically, I was like, I hope it continues past that. I don't want a new yeah. challenger for Royal Rumble. I want to see this continue into the Royal Rumble.
1: Something's telling me that that match, and I know we all we all hate bogus finishes, right? Something tells me that match is not going to go without shenanigans, whether it's Bray Wyatt or uh, Alexa gets disqualified, maybe for going too far uh, in the match. Maybe she just finally snaps and it triggers something in Alexa and she gets disqualified but, you know, Bianca ain't going to want to go out that way. I would be stunned if this isn't the title match of the Royal Rumble. Like, when, when Alexa won it, I'm like, okay, this should be the match of the Royal Rumble. And you can slow play this. And I thought last night would have been the perfect start to slow playing it with essentially four weeks left to build this up because you ain't going to do next anything next week anyway. I mean, it's basically going to be a best, a best of show. Now we have seen them do best of shows and still incorporate like live elements and current things. You know, it's not going to no. be like live stadium. No. Show.
0: When they, when they, when they say best of the year, it's usually you will just get you know one of their talking heads. As like the host, maybe a couple of guest spots of people or maybe a promo here, but it's going to be, it's not going to be any type of live content. The only time they do that is if they promote it as like, this is the slammies, then it's different. They'll do matches and stuff like that. But when they say it's a best stuff, it's a clip show.
1: Yes, you're right. But this would be the per if you're going to do any kind of a promo or an interview segment with a current talent and you want to drive a storyline forward, this would be almost perfect to have Alexa do something to try to explain her actions for hitting bianca over the head with the vase last week and then she snaps and she does something else uh maybe she beats up the backstage interviewer i don't know you could do something with alexa to kind of drive it forward but yeah the fact that we aren't going to get bianca and alexa in the same ring on the same show at the same time until their title match tells me that this ain't ending there uh one feud that i think is obviously going to continue um, is Becky Lynch and Bayley. Despite the fact that these two had their match last week on Raw, I was stunned that they they rushed this one and gave us this match last night. I was not expecting a a clean finish. I am a little bit surprised that Becky Lynch was pinned in the middle of the ring. Uh, how surprised are you about, uh, one, this match actually happening on the show SP3 last night and then the result that that ended there?
0: Not at all. That like zero percent surprise. As soon as it was announced, I was like, "Oh, Bailey's gonna win that one with uh, probably a distraction from damage control." Then I watched the match. It was a distraction from damage control. <laughs> Bailey in the back with the title. Rose plant one two three, and I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty much what I I th- what I expected." I have zero percent surprise. I will say both ladies went out there, had a damn good matchup, and I I would love to see them you know run it back.
1: Yeah, I I think the match itself lived up to the expectations that uh, of people like myself who have been clamoring for this. Um, you know, I I'm just sitting here, and maybe I didn't give enough credit to Bailey because I you know I said last week on the show we were talking about uh, Sasha Banks, and if Sasha Banks came back, she would basically be a um, you know a, a, a stepping stone to get Ronda Rousey uh, to to WrestleMania. I thought the same thing of Bailey. Like I I just did not put a whole lot of into into the thinking that wwe would decide to beat becky lynch in any kind of uh, way shape or form leading up to what should be her title match at wrestlemania i didn't think that they would do that especially considering it was just a few weeks ago that bianca beat all three members of damage control by herself i figured maybe they would do the same thing with becky lynch so that's why i was a little bit surprised that they went ahead and they beat becky But yeah, man, this was a, this was a fantastic match. I loved this. I want to see more of it. I think these two are going to face each other, probably in a stipulation type match um, at the Royal Rumble, or maybe not. Maybe they are just in the Royal Rumble and they kind of finish things off there, which is why we got this match. Now, who knows? There's five weeks in between my favorite match of the night though. Last night, SP three was Rhea Ripley and Akira Tozawa in a really fun intergender match. And I know people lost their minds because we don't get these very often. I'm trying to think, of the was the last one that we got, Becky and uh, James Ellsworth, was, like, was that the last intergender match that we had in WWE? Your memory's a lot better than mine.
0: Uh, I want to say, yeah. No, I want to say uh, intergender-wise, I think that the last time you could count Nia Jax being in the Men's Royal Rumble.
1: Oh wait, uh, and the Alexa. and the house
0: shows she worked with uh, against and Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton at Fastlane to twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, I forgot about Alexa and Randy Orton, so that would have been the one there. But uh, obviously, a lot of hype. There was nothing really to that Alexa Bliss and and Randy Orton match. Not quite like we got with Akira. Good shout
0: by Noob uh, Reggie versus Sasha Banks.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, jeez. All right, but still. The whole match with Reggie – well, Reggie's whole entire offense was was defense, right? Like, it wasn't – Reggie wasn't trying to hit Sasha Banks. And even we had Akira Tozawa, who didn't want to punch Rhea Ripley last night. But We made sure he did everything he could to not strike her at all. I know, which is always the gentlemanly thing to do. But in a sanctioned match, when you have somebody like Rhea Ripley who wants to beat the hell out of you, Akira, you got to – you gotta find your inner inner dick, man, and just just haul off and do the best that you can. I enjoyed this last night. I think this makes Rhea look like a total badass. I don't think Akira Tizawa you know, comes off looking, you know, any any worse for wear. I love how they've been utilizing him recently. It's a lot better than the ninja crap that they had been doing ahead of time. Um, but I'd love to see more of this, honestly. I'd love to see Rhea, and it, it all depends, man. For me, it all depends on on. the the athlete and on the performer. You look at Rhea Ripley. She looks like she could decimate 95% of the roster, male or female. It does not matter. I look at Rhea Ripley in the same light that I look at somebody like China. She is a, She is a credible competitor to most of the people on that roster. I'm not sitting there saying she should go out there and beat Roman Reigns or she should face Brock Lesnar, but I would love to see Rhea Ripley put in more situations like this. And if they even wanted to take it further, I even said this in jest last night, but I'm I'm not that facetious when I say this. I'd love to see them put a mid-card championship on her one day, whether it's the United States or the IC title. I would love it. I think the fans would love it. Hell yes, sign me up for some more intergender matches. As long as it makes sense from a from a matchup standpoint, I get why people are against it. But when you in the case of Rhea Ripley, she's a total fucking badass. Just let her own. I don't care who it is. You don't have her wrestling many females now anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm not going as far as like, I know there's some people that are like, oh, we'll throw Ronda Rousey in there with Roman Reigns. Let's not go that far. I think this was a <laughs> perfect scenario where you have someone like Rhea Ripley that would seem like a threat to any of their male performers and someone like Akira Tozawa that makes everyone he's in the ring with look great. It just <laughs> made for a perfectly fun matchup on Monday Night Raw. And I, I think Rhea Ripley is the type of person that you could do more intergender work with i think they've built her up as this generation's china and it just further builds that aura and that presentation even more the more that she has these intergender
1: contests and then you start building in the storyline of okay well now how does somebody you know how does how do the people in her division tackle her when she is such a a, a dominant force and, and can take out Nine, like I said, 95% of the people on the roster. I think it's a very interesting storyline they can move forward with. I love what they're doing with Rhea Ripley right now. Final question, because we saw the reports that uh, have come out in, in recent weeks. When Cody Rhodes comes back to WWE, it is believed that he will be resuming his feud with Seth Rollins, SP3. Uh, we've talked about this before. It seemed like they were setting something up, but now that, you know, time change time moves on characters change things shift the landscape of wwe being what it is right now now that we're getting closer to cody coming back when he does come back should he resume his feud with seth rollins
0: i would hope not but (laughs) will yes he probably will. I knew that as soon as they did the angle that they did when they had an open lane to set up Seth Rollins as the baby face that he wound up being anyway, by this time, they didn't take it. They wanted to do an angle to put yeah. heat on Seth and to set up, Cody for a rematch. I think that maybe, yeah, he comes back at the Royal Rumble and they feud a little. I wouldn't want them to run it back at WrestleMania again, but those two being in the Money in the Bank match, I think, is a great way to bring back the matchup. That's I'm still gonna ride with that until the Royal Rumble is over and we see who wins that matchup. Finally, I'm still going on the claim that I think that Cody Rhodes' role at WrestleMania should be the man to win the Men's Money in the Bank ladder match
1: i i i'm with you in the sense i don't want to see another one-on-one matchup i don't unless the only caveat to this is you talk about not running it back at wrestlemania the only way you run this back at wrestlemania is if you find a way to split the WWE Championship away from Roman Reigns and Seth is the the champion and Cody? Let's, wins let's talk about
0: things that are actually possible. Cause I'm sorry they missed out on a huge opportunity to do that. Any way that they would do about about going going about that will be convoluted as hell, and you will hear me complain about it. So yeah. I'd rather just go up with the assumption. I think it's a correct assumption that Roman Reigns is going to hold on to both titles. So yeah, we don't even have to say that that's a oh, they, If they do the, that, that nah, one, I don't. I don't even want to talk about. That that. I
1: would want to see that match. Now, granted, I've been wrong before because WWE has has set up stuff that I thought I was done with, and then they were able to bring me back into it. All right, they have done that before. The impossible has been done before. Right now, I don't have any interest in seeing Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, even as great as all three of those matches were. I'm just. Hell in a Cell was it, man. How do you top Cody Rhodes with a completely torn peck and a bright purple chest that makes him look like fucking Thanos? How do you top him beating Seth Rollins inside of Hell in a Cell? That's why that angle made no sense. You didn't need Seth Rollins to attack a man who was already scheduled for pectoral surgery. You didn't need to do it and then they doubled down and they did the same thing with becky lynch she was already gonna miss time with a separated shoulder and then she got attacked by damage control like you don't need to do that the injury's already there guys you're you're going a step further with this stuff um i i honestly i think though since cody was going to be out anyway depending on what they have set up for cody again, in the world title picture, whatever it is, once he's back in the Royal Rumble, if it's not Cody versus Seth, what direction do they go? I'm not sure what options they have ahead of them for that, but they don't need another one-on-one match. You can just as simply have this thing settled at the Royal Rumble. Like, seriously, I think Cody Rhodes eliminating Seth Rollins from the match is is enough to end it. I really do. I really, and if you want to have one more match, have it the night after on Monday Night Raw and call it done. Rollins can get the win. If you really want to there, you can have whoever Cody's going to feud with at WrestleMania cost him the damn match against Rollins on Monday Night Raw. But that's it. That's all you need. Finish the storyline at the Royal Rumble. You don't need to carry this on another 4 months. I I've been wrong before. I'm wrong a lot actually. So just take everything I say with a grain of salt. Like seriously, I am wrong a lot, which makes it when I'm right that much sweeter. But still, man, this uh mm no, I'm not. Uh, let's see. Hang on. Mcast says Cody wins the rumble. Somehow cost Cody at a uh, uh, elimination chamber. Seth versus Cody uh, at, uh, at WrestleMania last man standing uh, at WrestleMania. SPG, not interested. I'm sorry. Last man standing matches suck.
0: <laughs> they just do. I, I'm in the minority where I don't even think Cody Rhodes is a good option to win the rumble, especially if you're going to have Sami Zayn in there. I don't know. I think Tammy Zane is a better is a better option if you're gonna go with a hot baby face, and you're not gonna just use the Rumble to set up your WrestleMania match.
1: Uh, M. saying, "Believe me, I don't want another Cody Seth match, but Triple H is the booker, not Vincent Kennedy McMahon." This is true. It's it's very true. Um, I'd say, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, though, and Triple H has talked about putting you know more emphasis on Hell in a Cell. You. You already culminated this entire feud inside Hell in a Cell. A last man standing match does not beat that, and I quit match does not beat that. I, I, unless, like, I don't. There's not a match that exists that is supposed to go beyond Blood Feud ending inside a Hell in a Cell. So why are we continuing this damn thing? Just have Cody eliminate him from the Royal Rumble, and have these two move the f on sp3 what you got going on did do you have true heel heat this weekend with it being christmas
0: Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time this Saturday, Christmas Eve. We got a special edition of True Hill Heat, our final True Hill Heat of 2022. We're going to be doing our year end awards. Uh, I'll be posting it up on the True Hill Heat Twitter page. You can uh, vote on our form and uh, be a part of the voting for the sixth annual True Hill Heat year end awards.
1: I still got to get my ballot in for that. I've been I've been slacking. I have been slacking on that. I got to make sure to get my ballot and um, send me a text to remind me to do that later. Uh, we do appreciate you guys. Uh, everybody have a safe, wonderful uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed to the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. A lot of great stuff again coming up in the new year. SB3 and I will have one more show next week. It'll be our end of the year uh, show. My goodness. just Just thinking back from where we are now. To where, and I'm not even talking about the channel. I'm talking about the world of professional wrestling, where things were in January to where things are now. We would need probably seven hours of rock solid programming to fully dive into everything and get everything it's due, but we're going to do our best um, next week. Enjoy the holidays, everybody. Thank you guys so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online.